0: Who's got it better than us? Nobody! Welcome to the Michigan Man podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze & Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go blue and welcome to our Wisconsin Visitors edition of the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. In just a minute we'll be joined by Badgers beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal in Madison. But before we get to him, my view from Section 17. If you were in the big house for the first night game against Notre Dame, I think you'll agree, it was special. You could feel the electricity in the crowd as soon as you walked in. The environment was just incredible. The game was an instant classic too. This Saturday Wisconsin will be our guest. ESPN game day is in town, we'll have a coast to coast audience on ABC, and once again, the atmosphere will be electric. We've played six games so far this year, and it's clear this team is getting better, especially on offense. How much better? We're going to find out this Saturday. We need this win on the big stage. We're due in my opinion. It won't be easy. Wisconsin will make sure of that. For months now, we've known that beginning with this game, it gets real. We can't worry about who's next on the schedule though. It's time to take care of business, to step up and show everyone watching this game we are for real. We're back and we mean business. I have a very good feeling about this game. I'm not sure why, I just do. Wisconsin entered the season with high expectations and then they stumbled against BYU early. Now does that mean they aren't as good as everyone thought? No, it does not. Badger beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal says if Wisconsin can come into the big house and win, they will be back in the national conversation. He joins us next here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the vSporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's maze and Brew. Back with us on our visitors segment this year is beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal. Once again, great to have you back on the show, Jason.
1: Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, a brutal, uh, powerful rushing game with an efficient passing game. Wisconsin is Wisconsin. We all know that here in Ann Arbor. And that's what you're facing when you play them. And other than the BYU game, the Badgers have not disappointed. But what happened in that BYU game, Jason? Yeah,
1: you know it, uh, it. It was just a rough game all around for Wisconsin. You know, they. Um, I would say both offensively and defensively, they just left a lot to be desired. You know, they um, they, they couldn't stop the run, uh, which you know this this defense the the past few years you definitely expect them to do. And and offensively, they just couldn't get any, anything going consistently. So it's just one of those games where where nothing went right for them. And uh, you know they. Um, I feel like the last couple games they they've kind of bounced back to to win the first two conference games. Now they still definitely have their issues, especially defensively. Um, but I think they're trying to put that BYU loss behind them, and you know a win this week against Michigan, although they are underdogs, if if they're able to pull this one off, I think that that would kind of put them back in the national conversation.
0: Well, I think most of us in the Big Ten are thinking the BYU loss was just one of those you know unexplainable upsets that happened. And what we've seen in the other four games is really the kind of Team Wisconsin really is. And it starts with that offensive line, Jason. You have five 300-pound bulldozers. This is another exceptional Badger front, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. And the, 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 that group kind of started the season slow as well. You know, I think that they, they kind of took a while to get their get their rhythm going. And, you know, it's, they're returning three All-Americans and, and all five starters from last season. And so, the expectations were extremely high coming into the year. People were touting them as, as possibly the, the best offensive line in school history, which is, is saying a lot here in Wisconsin. Uh, and, and, you know, they hadn't quite lived up to that yet, but I think against Nebraska especially they, they played a lot better. Um, against Iowa and Nebraska, really, and I think I think they're starting to get that going. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor right now is is leading the country in yards per game, and, you know, he's on pace for uh, for another great season. I think that offensive line is is a big part of that.
0: How about the injuries up front? Is everyone pretty healthy on that offensive line?
1: Yeah, they they've they've been fortunate enough so far that they haven't really um, you know, had any injuries up front. Uh you know, John Dietzen, their left their co starter left tackle, has dealt with a little bit of injuries, but he that's always kinda of the case with him. He's he's always uh kind of managing his body and, and they have a, another left tackle in Col Van Land that's uh that's playing just as well. They're sort of splitting reps. Um but but they, they they've been able to kind of keep their keep all their guys up front that their injury issues are really defensively right now where they have um you know two two of their top three cornerbacks who, who who are questionable this week uh you know their best outside linebacker and best pass rusher has been has been really limited the last few games and um they they have their their best defensive end isaiah Watermilk who who got injured against nebraska and, and is questionable for this game as well so that, that that's where the real real injury issues are and and for this Wisconsin defense this year, they can't really afford that. Well, back
0: on the offense, those of us in the Big Ten know that Wisconsin has produced some really big-time running backs uh, over the years. But Jonathan Taylor, this kid has a chance to rank right up there with the best that have ever played in Madison, doesn't he?
1: He does. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, you know he's a guy that's he's a legitimate Heisman candidate. You know, he finished sixth last year uh, for the award, and and he's on pace for um, about uh, I believe it's. Tw- you know, over 2,300 yards right now. If, if if the Badgers were to go on to play 14 games, um, that's uh, that's not too far off the pace of, of what Melvin Gordon had in his record-breaking year in, in 2014. And um, you know, it may be a little bit difficult to keep that pace up with, you know, he's got games coming up against against teams like Michigan this week, um, where you don't expect him to to go off for 200 yards against this defense. But but I I think he's having uh, probably an even better season than he did last year as a freshman when he. When he nearly hit the 2000 yard mark. So he's, um, yeah, he's a really special player. Um, he, he was last year as a true freshman when he broke onto the scene and, and he's only continuing to get better. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do throughout the rest of his career. And um, it, it's, it's, it's going to be his numbers at the end of his career are going to be, are, are going to be really there.
0: Well, Alex Hornibrook has been efficient this year, at least statistically. But how would you describe his play so far this season, Jason? Yeah, you know, I think he has been
1: uh, pretty good. Probably, probably better than than a lot of fans would <laughs> would agree with. But you know, I think he's he's been he's been rather efficient. Um, like you said, you know, he you you would like their passing game to be a little bit more explosive. You know, they haven't really quite hit a lot of those big plays in the passing game over the last few few weeks. Um, so you do want to see them kind of get back to that a little bit. But but I think from Horny Rook's perspective, you know, I think I think the one uh, real blemish on the season was was his interception against BYU. He, he, it was a, a third quarter interception that that was a really bad throw and, and allowed BYU to to kind of take a, a seven point lead in the third quarter and kind of change that game around. So that, I think that's that's the one really bad throw. I think he'd really like to have back right now. But outside of that, he's played um, he's he's played pretty well, and you know he's he only has. I believe he only has two interceptions this year, if I'm not mistaken, and through five games. And that, that was kind of one of his um, the things he really needed to work on. You know, he had a, he had a high turnover rate last year, and you know, despite that BYU pick that that was pretty costly. I think that he's he's kind of cut that down this season
0: overall and excluding the BYU game is this offense performing at or near the levels expected
1: I still wouldn't say it is you know the expectations for this offense were extremely high coming into the year they're returning uh, 10 starters like we already talked about the offensive line coming back with a three-year starting quarterback you know Heisman candidate at running back and you know, a wide receiver group that, that everyone thought was uh is really deep and, and has a lot of talent on it even without Quintez Es there um, so I, I think that's I mean, people worked out in this offense as, as one of the best this, this this program has seen, and they they not really hit those hit hit the, hit their stride yet. You know, I think they were they they've been a little inconsistent. They've they've had times the games where they um, where they look really good and they come through like against Iowa. They had an 88 yard touchdown drive to to really win the game in the final minutes. Um, they also had a 95 yard drive in that game where they looked really good, but there were also times where they uh, they kind of sputtered for for a long long stretches of that game and. You know, I think I think it was an encouraging performance last week against Nebraska, where they put up 42 points and and they play a lot better. But I I think I think everybody looks pretty good against Nebraska right now <laughs> offensively. So I you know I think I think maybe we need to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. And I think that this Michigan game is going to be a real good measuring stick for this offense to see how far they've, they've come since the beginning of the year because this is um, I'm sure as you know you know one one of the best defenses they'll they they'll, they'll see in the country and. Um, you know I think if they're able to play well this week, that'll that might go a long way toward uh, toward the offense's potential.
0: With on our visitors segment this week is beat writer Jason Galloway from the Wisconsin State Journal. Jason, before the season started, a lot of football analysts questioned whether the uh, the defense would be you know near what it was last year for Wisconsin. So far, not quite the defensive team it was last year. You mentioned there are several injuries uh, on the defensive side. But the Badgers have some serious concerns in the secondary, don't they?
1: They do, yeah. I mean, they they gave up 407 passing yards against Nebraska, which is the most they've given up to any opponent in, in more than a decade. Um, so it was it was uh it it was tough, you know, it was mm-hmm. tough going in that game against uh, against the Cornhuskers. And they they've got they've like I mentioned, they have some injury issues um, at cornerback and safety. You know, they one of their starting safeties, Scott Nelson, is going to miss the first half of this Michigan game for targeting. Um, in the second half of last game they have a you know two of their top three cornerbacks and, you know possibly injured like i mentioned um mean they had, they had to throw in a true freshman, uh, Rashad Wildgoose in his second game ever to really play an every down role against Nebraska for for the large majority of that game after after Daron Harrell uh went out with a, with a head injury so it's um you know it was just this is one of those years where they really couldn't afford defensively to, to to hit some injury issues um and and they really have and i think the pass rush kind of plays a, plays a pretty big part in there their pass defense as well the pass rush has, has not been what it what what the, the past few years they only have five sacks in, in five games this year and they um you know had 42 last year they averaged three a game and um they, a lot of their pass rushers moved to the nfl and and they haven't really been able to replace that and they've equal injured i think it's it's kind of kind of magnified that a little bit so i think it's you know it's just one of those years where you know yeah. some of the new starters they plugged in haven't haven't quite uh been up to the pace yet and then of course some of the injuries have kind of compounded that and so it's it's it, i think they're trying to find their footing right now you know, the last three games byu iowa and nebraska they they really haven't played well defensively and so it's going to be a, a challenge coming to this michigan game to, to try to turn it around
0: this saturday night jason uh, what it boils down to in my opinion is wisconsin's front and running game against michigan's front seven whoever wins that battle wins the game and i really think it's that simple don't you
1: I definitely think that's that's probably the the matchup you look at as as, as definitely being one of the most important. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I think when you look at uh, this Wisconsin offensive line, like I like I mentioned, they they, they they've started to play a little bit better, but they they haven't been quite at the level that, that you would expect from a group of so much talent. So I, I think it's going to be Wisconsin can't get their running game going. Um, that that's really going to hamper their offense to um, to put up to put up a decent amount of points. And you know, I think. Um, when you look at Wisconsin's defense, I don't think they have, um, I don't think, I think the, I think the offense is going to have to put up some points. I don't think it's going to be like, you know, 2016 where it's a 14-7 game and, uh, at the big house and, and, uh, the defense, you know, Wisconsin's defense, you know, um, holds Michigan down to, to, to a low point total. I think that Wisconsin's offense is going to have to find a way to score points and it starts up front with that offensive line being able to, uh, to kind of help get their running game going.
0: Well, from a game-planning perspective, these teams, similar in many ways, Jason, they both want to uh, to pound the rock, use the passing game to keep the defense honest. So I think from uh, a Michigan perspective, uh, Shea Patterson is going to be a real key here. He's uh, as something, a quarterback, that type of quarterback we did not have in Madison last year. He should have some success throwing a ball, and his ability uh, to move around fine receivers should Really test this secondary in a big way, Jason. As we mentioned, Badgers have issues back there. So to me, that isn't that would be the second key in this game.
1: Yeah, and you know, I like you mentioned, Mich- Michigan hasn't uh didn't didn't really have a quarterback like this last year. I think that that really changes things for for their offense, and uh, especially with this Wisconsin defense kind of struggling right now. um that I, I think there's going to be a lot of ways that that Shea Patterson and, and Michigan can can kind of hurt this defense. So. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be, I, I think a lot, you know, we, we've talked about the secondary, but I think a lot's also going to fall on the defensive line for Wisconsin. Um, that, that's a group that has, has some, some retro freshmen playing a lot of snaps. And especially if Isaiah Laudermilk is, is out their their best defensive end, if he can't play, um, you're, you're, you're put, you're probably going to start two retro freshmen on, at defensive end, one of whom has only been on defense for, for a few months now after switching from offensive line. And that's Caden Lyles. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an inexperienced front. And I think that, um, they're going to have to be able to, uh, to to kind of contain Michigan's running game so that it, it, that Michigan can't set up that play action game and and hurt and hurt them uh you know hurt them in the passing game because um, I think that's been one of the issues uh, another reason why you know Wisconsin has to be able to stop the passes you know I I think we saw it mostly against in, you know against Iowa this year um, Iowa ran the ball really well against Wisconsin and got themselves in a lot of third man and well, third and short situation that's when they could use their play-action game and really hurt Wisconsin that way. So I think that Michigan sort of uh, could take a similar approach there. And I think the defensive line for Wisconsin you know, has to step up and be able to, uh, to hold their own at the, at the line of scrimmage and, and uh, kind of contain Michigan's running game from the start.
0: Well, I've been telling my listeners the last few weeks I'm not sure if Michigan is just a good football team or one that you know, is ready to turn the corner, maybe challenge in the Big Ten East. I think Badgers fans in, in some ways feel that same way over in the West. This really is a true barometer game for both of these teams, isn't it, Jason?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it is. I think for Wisconsin, you know, they've—I think they're—I think people still view them as, as the favorite in the West after after winning that Iowa game, in particular. In particular. And um, you know, they, they they should still win the West. They have the talent to do so, but that, that doesn't mean that. Um, I, I think people are really waiting to see if this team actually um, can challenge some of the top teams in the East, and if, if they have any chance. Um, you know, to 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 actually win the Big Ten championship game once they get there. So I think this Michigan game will will say a lot about where this team is right now. If if they can go in there and and give Michigan a a really good game and and have a chance to win, then I think it might, you know, and they played better than they had the last few weeks. I think it could definitely ease ease some concerns of of the fans here, Madison.
0: Well, ESPN game day is going to be there for the first time in in a few years. And and right now the weather forecast is for temps in the 40s and the 50s. So setting up to be a perfect football atmosphere. There are times, you know, these kind of games just don't live up to their hype. It happens all too often, it seems. But this one, for some reason, I just have a feeling this one might live up to its hype. It really does have the makings of a, a classic confrontation, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, I think it's, I think it's definitely uh, one of those games that, like we mentioned, I mean, I think, I think both these teams, you're still not really sure exactly what they are yet, and, and I think it's, uh, I think it's one of those games that um, it could be a real classic. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, but I think that one of these teams is going to uh, come away from this feeling, feeling pretty good about. Um, what direction they're heading and the other one might uh might be looking for some some answers
0: well, a huge game for both teams 7 30 p.m saturday night in the big house our guest today on our visitor segment has been beat writer jason galloway from the wisconsin state journal um, great to have you back again this year jason and we look forward to a visit next year all right sounds good thank you quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the michigan man on wolverine sports radio a member of the v-sporto network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maize & Brew. On Quick Hits Today, Jay Harbaugh tweeted on Wednesday that Chris Evans will play on Saturday. Up to this point, we have no updates on Rashawn Gary, Michael Dwumforer, or Carlo Kemp. Here are some game day facts. We lead this series with 50 wins against 15 losses and one tie. The first meeting was on October 15, 1892 in Madison, a 10-6 Michigan win. Last year in Madison on November 18, we lost 24-10. Paul Christ is 34-7 in his fourth year as head man at Wisconsin. His overall record in seven years as a head coach is 53-26. Last year, they were 13-1 overall and finished first in the Big Ten West. Their only loss was to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. They finished the season ranked number seven. They returned nine starters on offense, but only four on defense. The weather for Saturday's game should be perfect for football. Temps in the 40s at game time with no chance of rain. As always, check the weather on Friday. Our free show app is available from the iTunes and Google Play stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn, Spotify, and Wolverine Sports Radio, so check out one of the apps. That will do it for another week. It should be a great environment and a lot of fun Saturday night in the big house. By late Saturday night, we'll know if we're back. It's been too long, 10 long years, spare one season, of being a non-factor when the leaves turn colors here in Michigan. It's time. Think victory, beat Wisconsin. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine weekend, everyone. We'll see you back here next week as we get ready for a trip to East Lansing and a noon kickoff against the Spartans. So until we meet again, take care, and as always... That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!